Hello, friends. The holidays are coming up, and what better gift to give to your loved ones than Kurgi's slippers? That's right, Kurgi's slippers are the perfect gift to give literally anyone in the known universe. Why? Shut up! I'm trying to tell you. Kyrgyz are wool felt slippers made by an all-women art collective in Kyrgyzstan. The people of Kyrgyzstan have made wool felt slippers for several billion years. I myself proudly wear their classic navy blue design, though they offer several different types of slippers to meet the needs of your beaten, broken feet. Something tells me that if you give the gift of Kyrgyz slippers this holiday season, all of your dreams will come true. This is not guaranteed. Go to Kyrgyz.com, K-Y-R-G-I-E-S dot com, and use the promo code NOTHING in all caps to get 15% off your order. You can use this code as many times as you want. Once again, go to Kyrgyz.com, K-Y-R-G-I-E-S dot com, and use the promo code NOTHING in all caps, to receive your discount. It's a great way to support the show, and it makes your holiday shopping very easy. Kyrgyz.com. Now that's incredible business. International. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Benjamin C. Cholock. Hey, Ben. Here to welcome you to episode 111 of I Learn Nothing, a philosophy podcast for incorrigible idiots uh, like myself. Uh, and across from me is uh, is a new man. Yeah, man. What's what's going on? What what happened today? Ben, I feel reborn. Yeah. <laughs> I, f- I feel like uh, life finally... Uh, has a meaning again yeah some some things opened up oh things opened up ben yeah uh um, my mind my eyes <laughs> your room uh yeah mainly my room uh yeah so folks what's going on here as as you heard earlier we we have a a new sponsor oh yeah. wait no which i don't think we've announced it yet no we announced it in january yeah but we can do one today we're doing a little teaser today. Folks, we're doing a little bit of teaser. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Folks, we were doing a teaser. Yeah. Pretty soon, we're going to be offering quite a deal for you. Yeah. Uh, for those of you out there who uh, don't know exactly what you're doing with your lives, uh, need a little bit of guidance uh, and uh, a little bit of organization, uh, we're offering a special deal for from our new sponsor, Chapel Oats. Organization. Organization. Uh, Folks, do you feel like your uh, life is spiraling out of control uh, with no uh, sense of anything good? Direction? Purpose? Do you have no direction? Uh, Are you a 35-year-old stand-up comedian who uh, has no idea how to function in the real world beyond, uh, you know, just uh, drinking to ease the pain? Do you work in the service industry? (laughs) What are you, some kind of idiot? (laughs) Then go to... (laughs) 
<laughs> go to Chapel Oats organization. She's going to regret this. Uh, guys, <laughs> basically, uh, she offers a wonderful service, comes uh, to your home, helps you organize it. Yeah. That's it. Just basically turns your life upside down, but in a good way. Dude, I'm not even kidding. Okay, so basically, so she came over today to kind of show me what she does, mm-hmm. right? Uh, she, she, Ben, she came over to show me what that do. Hey, <laughs> she, because she, she got in contact with us, and I said, "Hey, girl, what that organization do?" And she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, that wasn't me." Yeah. So anyway, she's uh, like, well, it actually uh, helps you structure your life in a way where uh, you can actually get things done, <laughs> dude. Okay, so basically, what she does. She specializes in uh, organizing uh, your homes, right? Yeah. Uh, especially if you're a, uh, if you, uh, like one of these ADHD, one of these fools with ADHD. You yeah. know, one of these idiots with ADHD. Like me? Yeah, like you uh, and, and everyone else on this planet, apparently. Yeah, if, uh, if you're a man-child. <laughs> oh, man, this is perfect for man-children. Yeah. And I feel like we're, like, our listenership is probably, what, what 75% I think, yeah. Man-children. It's 90, 99.9%. It's 112% man-children. <laughs> Basically, uh, if you're a hoarder, uh, if you're a borderline hoarder, if you're one of those people, or if you just find it difficult to organize the way I I'm not a hoarder. I just put things on the ground and don't think about them. And then a month later, I can't walk in my room. Yeah. I still get, uh, like, bills. I got statements from my bank that I don't need uh and i just uh, keep them in corners of my room but not anymore folks <laughs> <laughs> now my bed is made she my made fucking... my bed yeah that pretty... fucking rules dude okay and and okay this is nuts like my i, I you've heard of feng, feng shui Fu- yeah i call it fun fun shui. shui you've heard of uh how to how to channel your chi well that works for your rooms too yeah you okay? idiot it is it is I swear to God, you guys, it is the most refreshing thing in the fucking world. Well, here's the deal, dude. <laughs> to have, like, a handle <laughs> on your space. Yeah. It's the best. Honestly, dude. It's like, uh, sometimes I don't clean my room for a while, and then I get overwhelmed, uh, and then um, I just, I feel boxed in, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel good. And I don't <laughs> spend any time in my room because of that. But now, Ben, that's changed. Yeah. All I'm going to do is sit in my room. Yeah, it looks good now. Normally, I just sit out here. See, the problem is that I can actually like read comic books in there. You can actually sleep in there. Well, I can actually also sleep in there. So, <laughs> like, we record Cuck Nation Studios. It has a very dim lighting, uh, and and two you know dim people recording it. Yeah. Uh, so when I try to read comic books out here, I just, I, ca- I can barely see it. Yeah, you're you know going what I mean? blind. Yeah. So <laughs> I I can actually read it in my room now, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, but basically, it's usually like a four hour session. Uh, that it takes uh, for her to do it. Uh, any clothing or anything that you give that you decide you don't need, she uh, actually drives to Goodwill. So that's a pretty cool thing as well. Yeah. Judgment free, which is good for you and I. For both of us. Oh yeah. my God, that was the best. Yeah. Yeah. She walked in and she was like, I didn't know you get ketchup stains on a ceiling. And I'm like, well. Yeah. And she's like, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to fix that. Yes. Very much. Very <laughs> motivating in all honesty. Yeah. Actually, one of the most, yeah. Uh, uh, just a, a real positive experience. Um, also, uh, if, uh, you, you get a, we're offering a 10% off deal. Right? Yeah. If you mention that you heard about her service from I Learn Nothing, you get 10% off uh, her service and it'll change your life. Yeah. The website, uh, Chappelle Oats, uh, sorry, chapeloats.com is spelled Chappelle. Uh, C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L-O-A-T-E-S dot com. So, so check it out and tell her that, um. Yeah. The wisdom boy sent you. If you're looking to purge, but not in uh, the murderous way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this, yeah, you could either, yeah, she kind of helps you purge your stuff. And the best part, Ben, mm. she doesn't try to kill you afterward. Yeah. 
<laughs> the whole time I was like, I got to stay on my toes. The rule of law still applies. Yeah. Oh, dude. I had my, pretty cool. I had my head time. in a swivel the whole time. I was like, when is she going <laughs> to kill me after this? But yeah, think Mary, Mary Kondo, but speaks English. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Always, always a plus. How the H are you, you fucking uh, bitch? Good. I uh, just got, got off work. Uh, nice. Not fired yet, so that's cool. Unbelievable. Yeah, guys, yeah. this is what, three weeks? This is my third week. Yeah. Nice. Um, and uh, I spent like the entire fucking day in the airport yesterday. So I, sp- I like missed an entire day of work. And they <laughs> they haven't like fired me for that yet, so that's pretty cool. Well, why were you in the airport? That seems like a silly place to be. Well, because uh, United Airlines sucks dick. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Um, never fly United Airlines. Hmm. Um, okay. Fair yeah. enough. If you can, uh, take a flying carpet. Those Folks, are the best. Ben Sherlock is telling you to never fly United. Seriously, so don't. though. Seriously. Why? What happened? They just suck. They the, just did the plane explode? They, it might as well have. It would have been better if I was on the plane and it exploded. Well, yeah, then you <laughs> wouldn't have to worry about life anymore and <laughs> yeah. bills and stuff. Um, but, uh, Patrick. What? Let's get down to it. We're here to talk philosophy, remember? Oh, yes. Um. It's been a, it's been a little while. Yeah, we were, we were at both out of town. Well, actually, no, you were out of town. I was. Yeah, I, was I out stayed of town. You're, here. You're absolutely here. I went the whole nowhere. Time. Yeah, and I'm going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, you went you went out of town. You went back to uh, Maryland, lovely Maryland. Oh yeah, old uh, Bethesda, Maryland. Yes, which uh, that, I, which now may as well you may as well call it Bethesda. The way that Ben is <laughs> Ben is like the king of that town, dude. Yeah, you're the protector of Maina Road, and I am uh, the Sultan of Bethesda. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of Bethesda, though, uh, Bethesda, Bethesda, features, Maryland. Bethesda, Maryland features in uh, our story today. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, How? It's where it's OK. So we're talking about a guy. We're talking about a philosopher. Uh, we're talking about an African, well, not African-American philosopher, uh, an Afro-Caribbean philosopher. His name well, is Fran- Rob Marley. No. <laughs> His main philosophy band is just hang loose. God. This I I wonder if Franz Fanon and Bob Marley would get along. I don't know if they would. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who this fucking guy is. Okay, so Franz Fanon is uh he's an Afro-Caribbean philosopher, psychiatrist, uh revolutionary writer, journalist, um and all around revolutionary. An all around Is that a, a met- metaphorical thing? No. Oh, what well, uh, very <laughs> very active revolutionary actually. What's um, this guy's name? I'm going to look him up. Franz Fanon. Uh, F-R-A-N-Z F-R-A-N-T-Z What? F-A-N-O-N uh, This guy was born in uh, 1925 in Martinique in the Lesser Antilles uh, in the Caribbean and uh, that used to be basically a French dependency I think it's a dependency or a colony I don't know what the fucking frogs call it um, Wait, but w- Which one? The what the Lesser Antilles, Martinique. Yeah, I don't even really know where that is. Okay, <laughs> I right. tell you. I know it's in the Caribbean, um, but uh, this guy basically focused mostly on uh, colonialism, the impact that colonialism has on not only the colonized but the colonizer. Le- yeah, Lesser Antilles of the West Indies and the Eastern Caribbean Sea. I cannot believe you didn't know that. <laughs> but okay, so this guy. <laughs> Is this guy? God, I suck. I I never really read him in college. All right, and oh, gee, I wonder why. Well, yeah, because philosophy is pretty racist. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I think we've kind of like established that. But here we are trying to advance uh, the subject and uh, trying to, <laughs> uh, I guess, answer to some uh, discrepancies that have happened in the past. Uh, so I wanted to talk about this guy because 
he is extremely important for a perspective that's not often heard in philosophy, which is basically like black philosophy or African philosophy. Yes. Um, because I don't know if you've noticed. Black thought. Black thought. I don't know if you've noticed. And I'm not talking about the rapper. I don't even. There's a rapper called Black Thought. There is. He's in a band called The Roots. They're on The Tonight Show. <laughs> They're from Philadelphia. <laughs> is the Tonight Show also a rap group? <laughs> <laughs> what if Leno... God, for a second, I still thought... For one second, I still thought Leno still hosted the, the Tonight Show. God, this how fun would that be? This is how out of touch I am. Hey, man, I'm here with The Roots. Uh, you remember The Roots? I'm here with Questlove. Uh. <laughs> Did you hear that he got in trouble for uh, making fun of... Uh, 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 <laughs> making a, a Korean racist joke? Who, Leno? Yeah. I'm not surprised... I think what, what it was, was on that. Uh, it was on like America's Got Talent. I think one of those shows, and it ended up being a cut uh, from the broadcast. But uh, it was uh, this like, like it was just like a photo of like an Asian guy with like a dog or something. And he said it was like it, oh, no. he said something yeah. about how it's a, uh, it's an excerpt from like a Korean like menu or something. Yeah, I could see that a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> God, he fucking sucks. I knew a guy named Gary Lee who ate dog. Okay, well, we'll talk about that for a second. <laughs> Gary Lee, he was this guy. Uh, he, <laughs> okay, so he was the uh, this guy. He was a nice enough kid. I didn't really know him know him too well. Uh, he spoke English fine for the most part, uh, but you know, I don't know. We just we just didn't really hang. But uh, he's he, from Korea. Yeah. Okay. And he had to. Um, we in, in government class we had to give like present class. Go, yeah, I walked into government class <laughs> and I said, "Keep this government class off my back." <laughs> and so um, he had to give like a presentation about like something, and he did it with. His... <laughs> oh, did it with Matt Wong, and it was a disaster. I think you told me about. Yeah, this. We, yeah. I think we discussed it on the show. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so he kind of rolled a little bit, but uh, yeah, he just one one time he was just like, I don't know how this came up, but like. Someone talked about how, you know, in some countries, yeah, they and, eat dog. Yeah. And it, everybody was like, ew, gross. And then he was like, yeah, I've eaten dog. It's fine. He's like, what's the big deal? You know what? Have you ever been curious <laughs> about eating a dog? Uh, No. No, you've never. No, eaten I don't think so. I don't think I am either, but I I don't want to. It's one of those things where I'm, I'm getting to this weird point in my life where I'm, I'm sort of uh, don't knock it till you try it sort of person. Sure. <laughs> Like I've eaten kangaroo and emu before. I I don't know if I told you that. You ate? I I think you did tell me that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because like the flag of Australia or whatever. It's both of those animals. They're both on the flag, and you've eaten. I've you've eaten, eaten both, both of them. Both of them. You may as well wipe your ass with the Australian flag at this point, Ben. You disrespectful they served it son to of me. a bitch. What? They served it to me. Yeah, it's probably a test. Well, it, I guess it was a really easy test because nothing happened afterwards. How, how, what did it taste like? Okay, so I can't remember which. So okay, one of them was really, really fucking good, like really good. Oh, okay. And the other one was like kind of stringy and gamey and like not not great. It wasn't like awful, but I cannot remember for the life. I bet of me. emu is better than kangaroo. I bet emu is er, is the better one. It's probably that one because that's probably a little more chickenish. That's probably why um, the Australians started that great emu war. Yeah, they, they were hungry. really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had lunch yet. God, can you imagine if the fucking Australians tried to like fight a war against kangaroos? Already a notoriously pugilistic animal. Oh God! <laughs> they yeah, fucking box. We cover this the only other animal that boxes. Yeah, we we cover this on our uh, on our on our Patreon, which uh, for five dollars a month gets you a uh, a bonus episode a week. 
where I teach Ben about something. Yeah. Uh, and I, I That's taught one of my favorite episodes. I though. taught you about the Great Emu War. Yeah. Yeah. And which was a war that the Australian government uh, waged lost. lost. <laughs> Australia lost the the Great Emu War to birds to birds. <laughs> And like at one point, one of like their their commanders were like, if these guys figured like if they figured out like how to militarize, we'd be fucked. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned some like line about how like yeah, if you could if you could like train an emu to like use a gun or something, then unstoppable, unstoppable because like, they're very strong birds, I guess. Yeah. And one of them, one of the things you said was like the only way to kill an emu that you you read this or something was like the only way to kill an emu is to. Like shoot it in the back of the head with its mouth closed or something. Oh, that's which funny. is like the fucking like most metal thing I've ever heard in my it's entire life. Pretty mind life. blowing, yeah. Yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> all right. Now speaking of mind blowing, this uh, let's get back to this guy. So France Fanon. Okay. All right. Really focused on what have the Australians decided to wage war on emus today? Like like as revenge I, for their national humiliation. I mean, I would. I don't know. I would like set up like Google updates and shit. I would I'd watch. I would watch the whole thing. I would probably move to Australia and watch it. Penn would actually like take up arms against. Yeah, the I'd like give him fake tips. <laughs> you know? Yeah, why not? Be a spy. Yeah, just, no, you don't need a truck. Just run after him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can catch up with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, so who is this black gentleman? So this black gentleman is um, okay. So he's a very important. 20th century philosopher who I don't think gets enough credit. So like I said... And he's so important that you didn't learn about him at Princeton University. Yes, that's true. Where you okay. actually majored and continued to teach at. It's, okay, it's not my fault. <laughs> okay. Well, you're the I, head I, of the philosophy department now. Oh, I forgot to announce... Yeah, I forgot to announce my position. I am the uh, the head of the Department of Philosophy at Princeton University. And I'm the Christmas Kid. Okay. <laughs> that's my that's my Twitter name now. Oh, really? The Christmas Kid. Oh, I think kid. I saw that, yeah. yeah. And you're also my TA. So this is partly your fault too. Yeah, um, and we're having an affair. Oh, oh yeah, the two of us. <laughs> okay, so I guess uh, this has been on my mind for a while too. Okay, academic philosophy is uh, very exclusionary and very like not like not like vehemently racist, but just like kind of racist by default. Yeah, because all they do is they talk about white men. Okay, it's just white men. Okay. Um, and this is a big problem because there are way more other people in the world than just white men. Huh. Um, I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, there's a, a bunch of different people. Like uh, who? Like black people. Okay. Well, okay, you got uh, me there. Like Asian people. Uh, okay. Middle, Middle Eastern people. Well, they're, you know, borderline. Hispanic. Well, uh, yeah, that is a little iffy. A little confusing, <laughs> the classification of yeah. Middle Eastern people. Uh, there's Hispanics, which is also... That, yeah, you can be a little. You can be a little. It'll be a little both. Yeah. Uh, Native Americans. Well, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, you feel so bad. What do all of these people have in common? What do they have in common? Yeah. Um. Their food's better. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, so that's a nice positive thing. Sure. Um. The but the main thing I'm getting at is that uh, all of these people I've mentioned have been brutally victimized over the past 500 years <laughs> by. White people. Oh, man. By white people. Damn it. Um, white people are not great. <laughs> Turns out. Uh, and I so I read I read like so I, I read some of this guy's books. Did He's, you? I did. He's, he wrote two books. I didn't finish either of them. But why, why would you I never do? That's not that's not what Ben does. OK, but I got the picture. 
Okay. Sometimes uh, Ben and I will like if we're hanging out together, and we go to the mall uh, together. Uh, we'll like pass like <laughs> yeah, a book. we do we do like those like old couple like walk like yeah. mall walkers. Well, Ben and I, what we do is at seven a.m. we go down to Highland Mall <laughs> on uh, near like- near Airport Boulevard <laughs> in Austin, beautiful Central Austin, Texas, and we we go there. Uh, to walk in is the it, morning. It's not a mall anymore, is it? Like an ACC campus now? I, it's a little confusing because <laughs> it's a mall, but I think it's an ACC campus, but maybe there's still stores there. It's where the stores might be. <laughs> we might have it at Highland Mall where some stuff is. Uh, <laughs> That's a deep cut for a few people from, from Northern Virginia. Yeah. And so uh, every time we go there, we, we go on our morning walks, our power walks, uh, we'll, we'll walk past uh, like a bookstore <laughs> and Ben will just look at it and go, fucking assholes and keep walking. Okay. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I do that. I, yeah. I say assholes the half, to books. Yeah. Ben goes to half price books cause he thinks it's, it's, it's only half of a book <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, cool. I can finally finish something. <laughs> and I'm fucking livid yeah. when I find out that there are full. What the fuck? <laughs> Ben's so mad. You hear him screaming from outside. Yeah. Cut this in half. Cut it in half right now. You're going to split this book with me. <laughs> okay. Um, I end up cutting it fucking this guy. the wrong way. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. They do it horizontal. And now you have the most baffling storyline ever yeah, to not, read. Because it's like, no I don't, idea. you're missing half of the plot. <laughs> okay. So uh, we do have our fun, Ben. We that's, do. that's that's what something they can't take away from us. God. And they've tried. That is like such a devastating thing to do to a book. There's no way you can like cut a book in half without it without just ruining it. Yeah. I mean, the, whole, <laughs> the structural integrity of it. Yeah. OK. Destroyed. Well, I uh, I managed to read half of both of his major books. Good. And <laughs> okay. now you're going to teach which, me about it. Yeah. Which is a big feat for me. All right. So fuck off. OK. I apologize. All right, so he wrote these two books. The first book he wrote. I also wrote a ton of essays uh, that have been collected in like these huge volumes, but I didn't read those because those are enormous. Um, this guy wrote a lot, and he wrote a lot for how uh, long he lived. He guess guess how old he was when he died. Seventy-five. Thirty-six. Dang. <laughs> yeah, it's really sad. Uh, but he but he but he looked twenty-five. Black don't crack, dude. Yeah. What, can he, what can he do? What can he say? Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, can I tell you something? Magnifique. <laughs> Magnifique. Magnifique from Martinique. That's, I, uh, I accidentally did this thing, which is, I guess... Oh, God, Pat. Why didn't mean to? <laughs> do you know that that's like a hoax that became real? Yeah, I know. I don't even know why people got mad about that in the first place. Because so, it's just okay. like, don't let them take it. So just what be did, like, fuck, fuck off. So, yeah, so basically... the. They started We're talking this, about the OK sign, the OK the sign, yeah. which also fuck you. You can't take that away. You, you can't it's do that. It's too universal. Yeah. So basically, the, there's controversy where well, it's not even real. Someone on like Reddit or like um, 4chan or something. They just they started this hoax that doing the OK symbol, taking your thumb and your your pointer and putting them together, and leaving the three up like people have done for thousands of years. It's like a secret white supremacist thing. Yeah. And then people were like, what? And then people white supremacists actually started doing it so it's like oh that's kind of a weird which is also like i fucking hate okay so we, d- we do this a lot but here's here's why i hate liberals sometimes because <laughs> yeah. they just fucking believed it too they believe it they, they just believe like, everything bought into it and it's like stop 
fucking being so goddamn sensitive and <laughs> buying into yeah. this shit. That's why we have just say God, no. That's, that, that's why we have our boy DJT. Yeah, it's because of shithead God, liberals like you. You can't. I'm not a liberal. I'm You're a left. Soci- I'm a socialist. I, yeah, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I consider myself just a cool guy. Okay, that that's fine. Yeah. Um, the cool, the cool guys were there at the earth, <laughs> and the rat, and thus the rad dudes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, a little bit about this guy. Okay, he died at age 36. He was born in uh, in Martinique in 1925, and he died in Bethesda, Maryland. <laughs> that is what a terrible place to die in 1961. Uh, oh no, the philosopher's dead. <laughs> Hey, we gotta bury him, hun. Okay, so to skip ahead just a little bit, get some crab cakes and bury this guy. Do you know why he he ended up in in Bethesda, Maryland? Uh, no. I, well, because he wanted some fucking crab cakes. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, why? Okay, so he had a demand to know. He he, the, this poor fuck got hella leukemia. Just oh, so he went to John Hopkins or whatever. No, no, well, no, the Naval Hospital there. Okay, okay. he was taken there. Personally, by the CIA, <laughs> the CIA shipped him over there to give him treatment, uh, but it was too late for him. He, he he was already like way too far far gone, and he ended up dying. Um, yeah. Uh, so this guy, poor little pup, a little bit. This guy had one of the most like intense lives of of all time. Okay. Really? Yeah. So he uh, went to the University of Lyon in France. Um, so remember, so Martinique was. Uh, uh, I think still is a French dependency. Like it's not a, I don't know if it's an independent country anymore or, or if it is an independent country or if it's still like, you know, uh, whatever, a, a French colony. <coughs> no, but it's independent, I believe. It is independent? Okay. Uh, it wasn't at the time that he was born. No. Um, and he, uh, there was extremely strong ties with France. France, uh, they, for all their fucking... Uh, like talk about like liberty and fraternité and égalité and all that shit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, they were fucking imperialist as fuck. And I learned some shit about the French. Uh, that is not good. Oh really? Is, yeah. Uh, am I gonna be disappointed by the French yet again? <laughs> yeah, actually, it's it's pretty. They did some really fucked up shit. Yeah. Okay, and they did some really fucked up shit to uh, a country where you have some friends from. Oh, uh, the great country of Algeria. The great country of North Algeria. Africa. Yeah. The Algerian War of Independence was horrific. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was really fucked up. And not a lot of people know this. The French basically just tortured the shit out of all of these people. Um, sometimes they would find, like, you know, Algerian patriots who uh, were actually fighting against, like, uh, French rule. But sometimes they would just pick up random people off the street and torture them by like electrocuting their fucking nuts. That's not right. And uh, uh, like beating the shit out of them, trying to get like uh, you know information about you know um, uh, whatever, like you know resistance cells and stuff like that. And most of these people were just like, we don't know what you're talking about. I'm just some Ar- Ar- Algerian cab driver. Like please, yeah. please stop hitting me. Um, Leave me alone. And Fanon writes a lot about this uh, because he moved to Algeria um, around the time of this war. And basically sets up a practice there to deal with all the <laughs> fucking trauma and mental illness that happens because of this fucking war. Okay. Um, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Uh, Fanon basically kind of his whole deal is mostly like post-colonial theory, how colonialism uh, fucks 
with not only colonized like minorities, uh, like black people, Native Americans, uh, you know, Asians, everyone who isn't white, everyone who isn't from Europe. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but it also perverts the minds of Europeans as well uh, and puts them in this mindset where they become these basically like this weird mindset where they're like this superior despot and they're trapped in this in this uh like mindset where they think that like if you, if you heard of like white man's burden you know that phrase yeah uh i actually have that uh tattooed on my right arm <laughs> at least it's not the show must go on Could you? oh god <laughs> we found out a friend of ours has tattooed on his back the show must go on, and I could not stop making fun of him. He got it when he was eighteen. <laughs> okay, unfucking believable. It's yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, all right. Joey Zimmerman, jo- Joey Z, um, <clears throat> Josie. Okay, so Fanon, uh, while he was in France, so for, okay, so he moves from Martinique uh, to uh, University of Lyon. That's where he gets uh, his degree in uh, psychiatry and uh, political philosophy, basically. And there he meets some really famous uh, French fucks, uh, white French fucks, but French fucks that he can kind of vibe with. Okay. All right. And this is these are the. Can you say it? Can you say it for me? Is existentialist as existentialist existentialist. <laughs> you had it. I actually had it right the first time, and then I you did. Crying. Oh, I fucking yeah. I. Oh, I thought I dropped the ball. Yeah, he gets in with the existentialists. Um, primarily existentialists. Existentialist. Ex- okay, say it. English is tough, dude. <laughs> say it with me. Existentialist. Existentialists. Yeah. There you go. You got it. My big, th- stupid, thick tongue is just too... Can you imagine trying to say that in French? No. I, I don't I, think I can say it in French. I, I think jump it's off like a cliff. Ex- existentialisme or whatever. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, so he meets... Get um, together, France. The fucking poster boy. He kind of becomes friends with the fucking poster boy of uh, of existentialism, a guy who we still have not talked about yet, and I don't know why. Uh, the <laughs> wall-eyed pervert Jean-Paul Sartre. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, so Sartre kind of, and again, I can't fucking say his name in a way that satisfies me, because it's either Sartre, which sounds like fart, or it's Sartre, which just makes me sound like an asshole. Do it well. You sound like an asshole either way, but yeah. go ahead and uh, just follow your heart on that one, Ben. All right, so Sartre uh, and uh, this other guy named uh, Maurice Merleau-Ponty, uh, who is a phenomenologist as well as an existentialist, uh, they basically kind of teach him all the, all about existentialism, phenomenology, and the like latest trends in European thought at the time, uh, especially in France. Okay. okay. And he uses this and kind of flips it on them. And he flips the damn script. He flips the damn script. Right. So existentialism. Do you kind of remember what the vibe is with existentialism? Yeah. What is it? It's like uh, this shit sucks, brother. A a, a little. But can you can you can you give me a little more? No. (laughs) Is it because you can't or you won't? Um, I guess because I can't. I guess it's, it's like, hey, guys. You got to look into yourself and you got to know you got to know yourself, brother. And you got to, you know, <laughs> okay, yeah. that's OK. So that's 
a vague enough answer to be right enough. <laughs> um, but you kind of got it. My explanation started off with, hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, guys. <laughs> hey, you get. Hey, you guys. You guys, let me tell you about uh, something. Uh, here's what you do. You look inside yourself and you just say, hey, ain't nothing, brother. <laughs> um, no, okay, so existentialism basically, just as a recap, uh, talks about how to deal with the uh the crippling anxiety of absolute freedom of the fact that you uh at every constant moment have to define yourself right with the choices that you make okay but fanon sees a, a weakness in this he said he says basically existentialism is a privileged philosophy because only white people really get to do that okay only white people really get to be like Oh yeah, well, I can just like decide what I want to be at any given time. Yeah, I'm like in control always. Uh, you know, and this is oh my god, this is such a fucking burden. Oh, that I have to like make decisions and uh, you know, be responsible for like the things that I do. Man, tough life. Okay. Yeah. And Fanon says, "Fuck, fuck all of you guys." Okay, <laughs> because uh, the actual existential experience of the colonized. Uh, especially black people. He starts by talking about basically anti-black racism throughout the planet. Yes, um, I'm aware of it. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a big deal. Um, yeah, it's... he basically says that there's this thing that happens where the lived experience of uh, a black colonized person living in essentially a white world since since Europeans left Europe and started conquering every single, literally every single other fucking continent. Yeah. Right? Hmm. Um, they've made the world in their image. Why right? do you think people want to conquer? You know what I mean? It's like, you look at goddamn Alexander the Great, but not, not even him, because people back then were, you know, beyond dumb, uh, I think. <laughs> but like when you look at modern stuff... People semi- still dumb. What? People are still dumb. I know. But modern day conquering, well... Not, well, I don't know. I just it's just so weird to me that pe- that countries like think how many world wars there. There's been two world wars where everyone on earth is fighting. Yeah. Every single person. Because okay, so what Fanon not says Not a single person set it set it out. Some people set it out. You know no, who sat it not out? Not a single person. It the, was the entire world. The Irish sat it out. <laughs> oh, did they? Yeah, they oh, did. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> they were fucking neutral the whole time. <laughs> well, they're probably thinking like well, hey guys, because they, they were like, well, fuck the British. We yeah. don't want to fucking fight with them. That's funny. Um, but uh, so you guys are basically Nazis. So good job. Well, <laughs> what can you do? Well, I mean, also, like the, almost the entirety of South America was pretty much like out of it. They were just like, we're just it's too hot. We're not going to fight. Yeah. Well, just y- you guys come to us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Until Argentina was yes. like, hey, come over here. Hey. <laughs> Get over here. Hey. What you guys up to? Yeah, what you guys up to? You want to come hang out in Argentina? Argentina. Hey, hey, man, I'm the king of Argentina, and I love Nazis. Um, They're kind of dead. It was, it's, it's pretty fucked up. We can talk about that. In they disappeared so many people. There's some sort of... Uh... Los desaparecidos. Okay, yeah, I was yeah. going to say there's some sort of term for it. Yeah, yeah, it's just Spanish for the disappeared ones. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, you know what they did? No. They would take uh, helicopters out into the ocean and then just push people out. Jeez. Yeah. That's what the Argentinians did. Okay. Um, Yikes. I know. 
this is going to be a kind of a heavy episode. Right. <laughs> this is I don't know how funny this episode is going to be. There's a lot of like really fucked up. None of our episodes are funny, Ben. <laughs> we just try are. and it just goes nowhere. <laughs> I, was li- flail around. I was listening to the um, uh, the monkeys typing Shakespeare one. That one was pretty funny. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was dumb as hell. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, but uh, yeah, but we, we got to talk about this because this is important and it's really fucked up. Um, <clears throat> okay, so Fanon basically says this. He uses he, he kind of uses the lens of existentialism and phenomenology, and uh, again, phenom- phenomenology. That's kind of your thing as a race scientist. Co- no, that's phrenology. Oh, <laughs> that's phrenology. But to say, why is he talking about that? Yeah, no, phenomenology is a. Uh, we did an entire episode of, about it, but that's. Okay. I bet we did. <laughs> Have you ever once listened to an episode? No, I've listened to some. <laughs> okay, name one. Um, I listened to one about, uh, who's that guy? I don't remember the guy's name, but I remember it was pretty funny. What, 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 name one thing about it. I don't know. One thing that you remember. Um, <laughs> we talked and then we yelled at each other and then. That's like every single. Then we, then we parted as one. friends. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess so. Um. Wait, it's not my fault. You're the teacher. It, no, it's, you gotta meet me halfway sometimes. I will not! <laughs> Now I want to know which one you listen to. I just need to know. I've listened to a few. All right, fine. I believe you. It's fine. Look, so phenomenology, we did an, an entire hour-long episode about it, okay? It's basically this idea of, um, it goes hand-in-hand hand with existentialism. Phenomenology is basically this method where you take your subjective experience, right? And yes. you kind of analyze it. You bracket it off, and you kind of say, oh, this is how I was feeling at this moment. This is what, uh, when someone says something, uh, to me about this topic or about me, this is how I feel, etc. And you kind of just analyze these like moments in life as you live it subjectively. Okay. Uh, Fanon uses that lens uh, to describe the experience of the colonized. And he basically says that ever since Europeans decided to get real uppity, of all the people who should be called uppity, <laughs> it's the Europeans. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, they they really are. They really are. Okay. Um, ever since they left that fucking stupid peninsula of a half continent and spread out all over the world, they have been just just calling the shots and defining everything. They've been defining humanity uh, everywhere they go. Right. Yeah. Using their own ideals. Basically, uh, Fanon has a really really interesting concept where he talks about how. White Europeans basically came up with the whole concept of like uh, using a measurement of humanity. Like you can measure a human being of how human they are, if that kind of makes sense. Sounds like a uh, terrifying concept. Yeah. Uh, And what they go is, is basically, well, we came out of Europe. We were able to sail across oceans. We were able to... Uh, you know, start new countries in different lands, uh, you know, bring technology. They always painted themselves as, you know, a, a bringer of civilization. Yeah. You know, and so kind of thought of themselves as the, as the good guys and conveniently ignored the horrific things that they that they did. Right. Yes. Uh, and they were able to do that because they say, well, we were the ones who kind of came out and spread civilization across the world. Therefore, we're the measurement of humanity. Everything. If you want to be considered human. You have to 
measure. I'd love to be considered human. You have to measure it against our standard, and our okay. standard is basically white. Okay. So I'm in. Well, you're in for sure. Cool. <laughs> okay. So I don't see what yeah. the big deal is then. Yeah. I. I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it feels good. To... <laughs> I mean, I barely snuck in. Yeah, uh, yeah. They haven't. They they have. <laughs> I haven't been found out yet. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Ben has several letters of recommendation from several uh, one hundred percent white men. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. But here's the problem with. Okay, so I can do that because my skin is kind of whitish. Yeah. Right. This is kind of what's interesting about what Fanon says about anti-black racism it's uh it's kind of like one of the worst cards you can be dealt because you can't hide that shit yeah right it's and he uses the phrase or the word epidermal uh, right he says it's it's an epidermal epidermal forms of racism are some of the worst types because you can never ever pass as you know as the standard white human right yeah okay uh, and he uses this example of um, when he was in France, right, studying there. He, you know, was very, he's very intelligent, very, very educated. He could speak perfect French. So when he was talking to people on the phone, people just thought he was white. Mon ami. Yeah. And then. Miamo. <laughs> no, je m'appelle. Je m'appelle. <laughs> La Patrick. <laughs> the Patrick. <laughs> I call myself the Patrick. Hi, I'm the Patrick. Uh, I'll be your <laughs> waiter today. Can you smell what the Patrick was cooking? Hey, gang. Um, so he he uses this example, and it's uh it's a little chilling too. He kind of talks about how uh in France, and this kind of happens in the United States too. Uh, you know, you hear someone say over the phone, you don't see them. Oh yeah, yeah. But you can kind of tell. You know, you can kind of tell that they they sound white. Sure. Or you can kind of tell that they sound black. Okay. When they sound white and then you meet them and they're actually black, some people are surprised. They're like, whoa. I, actually, I always think people, just, I just think everyone sounds black. <laughs> and then I meet them and they're white. I'm like, what the fuck? And they're like, it's it's me, Kevin, your brother. I'm like, but I thought you'd be black. And he's like, what? Kevin does not sound black at all. My bro- Ke- Kevin Dean? No, he does not. <laughs> Kevin, I don't even know what he sounds like. You know who sounds the least black? Who? My stepmother. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, I just because I, I just thought about this. She, she sounds like the Jewiest white woman. Oh, really? Of all time. What's, yeah. What's she sound like? Can you do an impression? I don't know if I can do it, but it's like. Uh, can you do a hurtful impression? Um, it's like, oh my god! And then so I told them that that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. like that. My you know? my aunt Ro talks like that. Yeah, she's just it's Long a, it's Island. A, yeah, it's a cause she's from Jersey, so it's like kind of that area. Okay. Um, okay. So <laughs> there's a counter example. That's someone who does not sound black. Um. But okay, the point is the point that he's bringing up is that the fact that some people get surprised when they meet a black person who sounds white, that act of being surprised is uh, a it's a dehumanizing moment, hmm. right? Because you're rejecting their attempt to wear a white mask, right? Yeah. Okay, and that's where he gets like the title of the, of his book, "Black Skin, White Masks." Hmm. Is, is one of his books. Basically, in this colonized world that is run by white people, uh, 
black people are constantly trying to, you know, get up to that standard, right, to be accepted, but never can because they can't the, they can't wear the white mask. They can't wear the white mask. But what they can wear is a pair of Kirkies. Folks, this episode <laughs> of I Learned Nothing that. continues <laughs> to be sp- actively sponsored by the good people at Kirkies. Kirkies.com. K R Y G. No, you keep doing this. K Y R G I E S dot com. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to edit the last one because yeah, I don't know why you keep doing that, but it's yeah, K Y R. Okay. <laughs> Kirkies. That's how you're spelling it. You get for like for like six episodes. You've been spelling Yikes. it Crygies. Well, sorry, Crygies. <laughs> Thanks to the good people at Crygies uh, for sponsoring us. Yeah, so, some people over there are just like, I guess we got to make slippers now. <laughs> go to Kirgi. Remember, folks, go to Kirgies.com. K Y R G I E S. Datcam. Use the promo code Nothing in all caps to get fifteen percent off. Ben, you know it's December, right? Yeah, I'm I mean, is there, there's probably no reason for anyone to want to buy these, right? In, I don't the think month so. Of December? Unless it's a long December. Well, if it's a long December, then you're going to need some Kirkies. You're going to need those those Kirkies on your tootsies. Oh, wait. I just remembered. Christmas. <laughs> Folks. And Hanukkah. And Hanukkah. Uh, and also, uh, Be- yeah, Ben's father wanted us to say that. Uh, yeah, we're sponsored, also sponsored by Hanukkah. Yeah, just the concept. Uh, also, probably if you celebrate the winter solstice, I guess, or, or some sort yeah. of uh, disgusting pagan holiday, then Best you can. This. Kwanzaa. Can, Kwanzaa, yes. You can go ahead and get Kurgis for them. What a wonderful gift. Folks, actually, we should probably thank these creeps because we actually are number one in the company. Yeah, for wait, selling. Should we thank them or should they thank us? That's a very good question. Ben, I'd like to thank you. Well, I thank you. Thank you as well. Okay. I'd like to thank me too. <laughs> I'd like to thank me too. So everybody uh, <laughs> really stepped up last month. We sold a shit ton, so we appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's tight. And we still have this entire uh, month, godful month. Yes. This, this month where we have the to month pretend, of God. Yeah, we have to pretend we believe in God. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, just buy some shit for your fucking family. All right? K-Y-R-G-I-E-S. Hey, Dad Cam. Dad Nothing in all caps. All right, keep going. Okay. Um, so, you're talking, so you're talking about wearing a white mask. Yeah, wearing, yeah, white mask. The Yellow King and a white mask. Sure, yeah. Remember, um, remember True Detective? I remember True Detective, yeah. The Yellow King. I know the Yellow King. A.K.A. Haster. That's what? a Lovecraft thing. Oh, wait, is the Yellow King also a Lovecraft thing? Uh, Kind of, yeah. Okay. Because what happens is this guy wrote about the Yellow King, and which is a play uh, that drives you insane if you read it. And um, oh. it t- takes place in this place called Carcosa. And Carcosa later on was used by uh, yeah, Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he ever specifically... You know, he did no, he because he associated Carcosa. the Yellow King with, the f- with his creation, Haster, who's a fucking bad guy, Ben. Yeah. Okay, so stop worshiping the Yellow King. Or or else you'll you'll get taken down by the Makanasans. Yeah, dude. Makanasans coming for you. That's one of my favorite, like, terms of all time. Makanasans? The Makanasans. I've never heard it before. Really? (laughs) Yeah, when that came out, because, like, because remember, like, so McConaughey was kind of doing, like, an Adam Sandler bullshit phase for a while, right? Or, like, a Nicolas Cage phase where he was just doing, like, shit movie after shit movie after shit movie. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, around like 2010, 
he did like six like blockbuster fucking you know critically acclaimed movies in like one summer wild yeah and you know true detective he won a fucking oscar from uh for uh what's it called wolf of wall street he was in that movie for five fucking minutes who McConaughey. Oh, I thought you were talking about Adam Sandler. No. I was like, what the fuck? Also, Adam Sandler has been in some good movies recently, too. Yeah, I guess really he weird. has. Yeah, I was like, an Oscar? What are, what are you talking about? No, I don't. I, yeah. yeah. The, well, the thing about, about our, our boy. Reconnaissance. Uh, uh, <laughs> the Renaissance. Our, our, our boy, uh, <laughs> Matthew, is that. <laughs> yeah, he was just like this pretty boy for a long time in these movies, these dumb romantic comedies. And yeah. then. Yeah, then True Detective happened, and we were like, oh, right, you're very you're very like talented. extremely talented. Like, what the fuck? And then he's like, now I'm just going to do Lincoln commercials that for the rest scene, of my life. That scene where um, it's like 10 years later or whatever, and he has that fucking guy in the hole, and he's talking to him, and he's trying to get the confession from him, and the guy's like, I can tell you stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah, boy. He's slapping him in the face. Yeah, boy. What do you have yeah. to tell me, boy? What do you have to tell me, boy? What do you have to say? And then he goes, I can tell you about the Yellow King. And he's like, what? <laughs> and there's it's like one of the few moments in that show where he's like completely taken off guard and he's like what and then the guy's like the yellow king and he's like what and it starts like wailing on him and he's like why'd you say that he's losing oh, his mind yeah, I, don't remember that. I watch that scene like three times a week it's like four <laughs> minutes sometimes you know, I, I go to the coffee shop to get some work done and i just watch true detective clips it is a really really good show i just finished season three Oh, uh, I I saw that one too. That with uh, fucking what's his name? Maharshala. Don't don't. <laughs> That's how you say it. Maharshala. I don't Ali. Know. Fuck. God. I've never tried to say his name out loud. Yeah. Anyway, he's really he's a really good actor. He's really good. Okay. I will say I thought his relationship with his wife in that series was fucking bullshit. I didn't buy it from the first second. What do you mean? They clearly they never liked each. Like it was like he was. His, oh yeah. I mean, I think he was like kind of trying. She, I I didn't like her. She was kind of. He wasn't trying. He was such a shithead to her. And I mean, maybe, I thought she was a shithead. I mean, they were both kind of shitheads. But like, is the thing where it's like they, I, I don't see these two people ever marrying each other. I would see them going out and like constantly fighting. And That's then, a really good point. Like, it doesn't make sense. And they like, no like their relationship makes no fucking sense <laughs> because and like. He gets mad at her and makes her like leave because he I I don't know why I for, I forget why, uh, and then like. He's like, actually, I think I want to marry you, and she's like, cool. And it's Wait, like, makes her leave. Why did he make her? He like before when they were in the timeline where they're just dating. This is our new. This is our new segment, by the way, where we just yeah, <laughs> where we describe a, TV a show shows that we both three years seen. ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so what it is is he he hears something about her. I don't I don't remember what it was. And he just has all her stuff that he that he had she had left at his house. Oh, I remember. And he's gonna give now, it to okay. like you got to get the hell out. And then like two minutes later, he's like, actually, we should get married. And she's like, yeah, we totally should. It's like, no, you should. Like, that's that person this, is the fact deeply that you, damaged. Yeah, the fact that you both agreed to that means you shouldn't. No. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Last true detective thing before we fucking move on. Yes. Uh, one of the f- most chilling scenes in that show, the first one. Yeah. Is actually the one where. Uh, when Woody Harrelson finds out about uh, his when his daughter like had sex with some dude, yeah, or do you remember that? Yeah, and then I was thinking about that today. Yeah, and then he throws that dude in jail. Was two of them? Oh yeah, it was two of them. But I think he he, he only ends up with one kid in the and he's a no, kid. It's he's both like, of them. It's both of them. Yeah. Oh, that's right. But they're they both like the seven... lower fucking back out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did. Right, but so and this is one of those things where it's just like. 
You know that whole thing about like how creepy it is of like fathers being overprotective of their daughters and shit yeah. like that. It means but, that guy did did some shit. That's what I think. Yeah. But like he puts on those fucking leather gloves to beat him up. Yeah. Yeah. Just he's just going to be like, I'm, I'm not even hiding this. Like, well, well he I'm said going to beat the shit yeah, out of you in this jail cell. He's like, either I can take you in and you guys are technically having sex with an underage girl. Right. Even yeah. though they're all still in high school. Yeah. He's like, or give me five minutes, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He just beats him up. God. Yeah. Woody Harrelson didn't get enough credit for that show, too, I think. Yeah, all the shine kind of went to McConaughey, huh? Yeah, but Woody Harrelson was He was really great in it, yeah, and they were yeah. great together. You know what was garbage? That second season. It was terrible. <laughs> it was horrible. With fucking... Vince Vaughn. <laughs> we all talk like this. Oh, yeah, but maybe I'll talk like this. Yeah, but I'm a third character, and I talk like this. <laughs> hey, I'm some guy, and I talk like this. Hi, hello, how are you? I talk like this. Why do they all talk like that? Just talk like a fucking human being. I don't know, because it's California. Hi, hello, how are you? Boom, I nailed it. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so <laughs> that was our segment where we just talked yes, about True Detective. Called, yeah. yeah, it's called. It's a new segment called Talking Truth. Talking True. <laughs> yeah. We are, you and I, we're the truest of detectives. <laughs> we're detectives of uh, knowledge. Yeah, we are. Okay, so speaking of knowledge. Oh no! All right, um, we're, we gotta get we gotta get through this because this is important. We we owe it to <laughs> to the listeners, <laughs> to the listeners, and to and to us, uh, because people have to know about this shit. Um, basically, how evil white people are. <laughs> um, I know that that's kind of like a weird thing. Like you know, it, it can get annoying when like white people are saying, "Man, white people suck." Blah blah blah. Uh, and like individually, you know, we're all just human beings. Yeah. But as a as a collective culture uh or or society the, the whites really just did a number on everybody. Uh and Fanon I think was probably one of the most effective people to call them out on it and to offer an alternative for it. Okay. Okay. Uh basically one one of the main things that he says to it's call is out that, culture started back then he yeah but he 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 was like legit call out call out culture. Oh, okay this is when there was something to be called out sure okay um like you know stop lynching black people stop uh you know murdering algerians off the street hmm. um stop uh <laughs> stop forcing the chinese to buy opium and and like you know get their entire population addicted uh, stop, you know, committing absolute genocide what on the indigenous. What do you think opium pub. feels like? It's tight. Really? Yeah, I've had it before. It's awesome. Oh, I think I remember you saying that one time. Yeah, yeah. I've what? been looking for it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like because it's not heroin. Because I'm too scared to try heroin. <laughs> but opium fucking rules, dude. It rules. Um. But anyway. That aside, now I've I just been wanted, looking for it ever since. Now I just want to do fucking opium. Um, <clears throat> so he has this uh, other very important concept where he basically talks about. Okay, so you know how uh, feminists uh, talk about the male gaze. Yes. Okay, so Fanon basically says that there's the uh, there's an equivalent of white people basically having like a like a white gaze, and the uh, the white gaze otherizes. Uh, other otherizes non-whites, yeah, especially black people, right? 
So basically, he has this fucking <laughs> he has this example where he talks about how he was like in the streets of Paris one time, and this little kid comes up to him, and the little kid just sees him and just goes, "Oh my God, look, it's a Negro." Yeah. Uh, and he was like just kind of thinking about that, and he's saying the fact that he has to point that out, right? Like separates him from this population that he feels he should be a part of, right? He is basically a French citizen. Like, as having been born in Martinique, which was a dependency at the time, I think he still gets French citizenship. But, you know, he's treated differently. Uh, he's, you know, treated as a novelty. Um, going back to that thing about, like, you know, when, when people are surprised when, like, black people can speak like white people. Sure. It's not, like, it's not so much that it's a surprise at how good they are at speaking French. Yeah. It's the fact that they can speak French that well, despite the fact they're black because they shouldn't be able to. It's like really, it's, it's pretty fucked up. Okay. And he, he, he basically says that this puts psychologically and existentially and phenomenologically, which is a really hard word to say. Uh, it puts black people, but also like other marginalized you know, communities in this, in this like mental space that he calls the dead zone. Whoa. Yeah. And it's basically this, this place where you're just not human. Okay. You're, you're not considered human. You're like a, a, a shadow in, in this world that doesn't exist for you. This world. This world. Yeah. I'm fed up with this world. Well, so he was trying to address this issue that happens with colonized people, which is that they are very fed up with this world. Yes. Um, <clears throat> But he says that there's this there's an alternative. And the way to do that is to just defiantly shout, yes, you know, I am human. I am actually here. And that your standard of humanity, fucking Chet, <laughs> that doesn't apply. The fact that you get to measure humanity is illegitimate. Uh, and he basically employs that in his like revolutionary tactics where he basically says that uh the post-colonial world or the third world in other words and then we'll get into why it's called the third world too because that's interesting uh <clears throat> they have to stop was well, different from the first two well yeah but do you know what the first two are like yes. where the phrase came from what are they hope and faith <laughs> okay so the third world's charity i guess <laughs> all right we're po- we're a catholic podcast uh <laughs> this is faith hope and charity <laughs> dude uh the woman we brought up earlier Chapel Oats. Chapel, yeah. Apparently, like, she goes to, like, uh, there's this woman uh, who's on, like, a... Do you know that there's a Catholic channel on Sirius XM? There's, like, a million channels yeah. on Sirius XM. So there's this but, lady yeah. on there that, that she that she does ads for them, too. Yeah. And uh, so she, because of that, she, go, she goes to, like, almost exclusively Catholic homes to clean them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so funny. Can you imagine how messy that is? Yeah. Fucking... Just... <laughs> Like hundreds of kids, hundreds of kids, and then like everyone just feels guilty. Yeah, everyone feels guilty. The mom is like cooking something that she's too tired to cook. The dad is passed out drunk. Yeah, man, Catholicism. Um, <clears throat> okay, we're almost done, but we got to talk about Algeria. Okay, okay, Algeria is where it gets pretty heavy. So after uh after basically getting his doctorate in France, he uh and. Th- through meeting the existentialists, because he he he, the existentialists in France were very heavily involved in the uh, the Algerian Revolution. 
um, especially Camus, which will, is another fucking dude we'll talk about. Uh, he basically moves to Algeria to be involved in their revolution, right? Wow. Um, yeah. And he goes there to... Uh, Didn't... Uh, goddamn... What's his name do that? Fucking... Uh, George Orwell. Did no, he, he, he went to Spain. Oh. He, uh, he went to the Spanish Civil War. But I meant like he went to like a, another country to fight their war. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> so what do you say to that? Uh, Impressed? Clo- close enough. <laughs> uh, close enough. Um, <clears throat> but he didn't really, he, he didn't like fight because he's he's not a soldier, but he's, he's a doctor. But he's basically kind of like a medic and he ran these like clinics that took care of uh, basically these like trauma victims. And... I read this part in in uh, his book, uh, The Wretched of the Earth. That's his second major book. Jeez, I know. This, I'm telling you, this guy's heavy. He has some pretty intense titles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Black skin, white mask, and the Wretched of the Earth. Good lord. Uh, the like last part of the book is basically just these case studies of the mental disorders that people get from dealing with the war in Algeria. Okay. Wow. One of them is about this guy who suffers from impotence be- uh, ever since he found out. Uh, that his uh, wife was raped by French police. Um, okay. Another one is <clears throat> um, this uh, French guy, a French policeman who lives in Al- Algeria who can't stop like self-harming and cutting himself because he feels so guilty because he was basically recruited and forced to torture people. Yikes. Right? So this is where he gets into this thing about how when, when this clash of like colonizer versus colonized comes to a head yeah it fucks with the colonizer just as much oh okay dehumanizes the colonizer just as much Hmm. and so for every like case of like an algerian being victimized he also explains a case that he had to treat of like a white french person who like is basically losing their mind from guilt depression uh like like some of these dudes get like anorexia noirs the what p noirs oh is that the the that's a that's a french person a person of french descent yeah who lives in algeria yeah and so he kind of started off being all like pissed off at white people and then from his experience in the algerian war he's like he's still pissed off at white people for sure sure but he's also like man this thing is like bigger than both of us it it's fucking with both of us like really hard um and then he gets leukemia and he dies (laughs) what a fucking bummer (laughs) But he, he 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 gets leukemia and dies right after he finishes his this book, uh, the Wretched of the of the Earth. But what a fucking! It's a yeah. This one's a heavy one. Sorry. <laughs> well, we know. had to do it. I had to do it. it to well, him. But the point that I was uh, what I wanted to ask you, or not the point. The quite the I guess the point I'm trying to make is that <clears throat> when you're talking about how the colonizers are affecting the colonized people mm-hmm. and themselves, yeah. It's almost like you're saying there's no such thing as justice. <laughs> there's just us. Well, in a way, he kind of says there's just there's just us. Just uh, instead of justice. Yeah, a little just bit. Just us. So you know what? You know what I'm F- talking about? Fuck you, what? because I'm going to turn this into a point. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So you failed. Damn. I'm still going to make this relevant. Uh, yes, he is kind of saying it's not justice. It's just us. Just. Us. us okay because he says that justice 
just just like how humanity and what it means to be human is a is a white social construction uh or the way we understand like how you know what it means to be human is heavily influenced by you know european influence yeah uh so is the concept of justice justice because who's carrying out justice quote unquote the fucking government man the fucking man yeah the the fucking government man okay uh so what he's what his kind of alternative is basically it's not that he's like rejecting justice <laughs> but he is basically saying that he's very in a way anti gandhi and anti you know nonviolent resistance he basically kind of like malcolm x he gets very very like explicit about how this is not going to this is not going to get right by us just fucking turning the other cheek it's going to be violent and it has to be violent because that's how we we have to be able to assert ourselves. Mm, yeah. Okay. I because, think about that sometimes. Yeah, and I think I I think I agree with him. I mean, like, not that like there should be a race war where, you know, black people and white people are killing each other. You're saying, but this should not happen. I th- I'm saying, ideally, it shouldn't happen. But since the white people are the aggressors, the colonized have every right to respond with violence, and I think that is actually more effective than nonviolent resistance yeah okay um and so basically he's saying that sometimes that can involve some atrocities right or some you know some people can get caught in the mix so we can do it in the mix <laughs> but, but so out no problem must walk can't fit. out the window <laughs> out the window goes the concept of justice because he's replacing the concept of justice with just us with just us hmm. right the colonized yeah, we have to just re- we have to start over with a new form of humanity that just ignores what Europeans are saying. So it is just it's, it is not justice. It's just us. Yikes. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's fucked up. So where so where do you stand on this guy? I think he fucking rules. Yeah, he's he's pretty cool. He's so fucking intense. The way he <clears throat> the way he writes is I can't pull it up right now because. It'll take me take too long, but some of his fucking his prose is like, it's, it's like it's nuts. <laughs> uh, he just kind of talks about how, um, he talks about how like the the United States is like one example of like uh, a a colony that tried to get away from Europe, but their fatal mistake, our fatal mistake as Americans, is that we were at the same time trying to break away from Europe, but also trying to emulate them. Yeah. And so we just became, we keep getting pulled ex- back. Yeah. We just, we're just an extension of Europe. Yeah. Kind of. Um, it's like just when we think we're out, they bring us back they in. They pull us back in. Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's um, interesting. Yeah. And then he, uh, I guess I'd never thought about the whole effect it has on the colonizer too. I guess that never really occurred to me. Well, yeah. It dehumanizes the colonizer. But a lot of stuff don't occur to me. So, yeah, like a closet. Okay, so, okay. When we were organizing my room today. I can't believe this. Chapel was like, "Do you have, what's up with your closet? Should we clean your closet? And I was like, well, no, none of that stuff in there is mine. <laughs> she said, what? And I said, yeah, some of that stuff is Jay's. And then some of it, I just don't know who whose it is. It's just there. And then she was like, well, you know, we're going to hang your. She got so annoyed. I mean, why wouldn't she? I don't know. I just, it never occurred to me to use a, cl- I'm not a closet guy. I never used a closet growing up, and I, I never used one until like an hour ago. I can't believe you've never, like, what did you think a closet was for? 
Well, I know what it's for, but I mean, like, I do just, you? Yeah. But I just didn't. Uh, I didn't know. I, it never occurred to me. Okay. Well, because it was already full, so I wasn't gonna put anything else in there, Ben. And then we organized it, and now it's filled with my T-shirts. <laughs> I have so many black T-shirts, by the way. Um, she was like, "So you have like four just plain black shirts? Do you think should like get rid of one?" And I was like, "Huh?" Okay. Baffled my mind. I can't believe it. this is this is the problem with white people. What? We don't use closets. <laughs> no, that you don't think about stuff. No, <laughs> very incons- white people are very inconsiderate. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, look, Ben, you know me. I care about two things. I care about uh, stand up comedy and customer and the white service. race. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And customer service. OK, I found a, I found a real quick. I don't have time to sit around and think about, uh, you know, fucking uh, closets, Ben. I'm on the I'm on the move. I'm grooving, baby. OK, let me read a little bit, a little bit of what how he writes. I'm cutting limes. You know, I'm doing all kinds of shit. OK, he says. Now, comrades, now is the time to decide to change sides. We must shake off the great mantle of night, which has enveloped us, and reach for the light. The new day, which is dawning, must find us determined, enlightened, and resolute. We must abandon our dreams and say farewell to our old beliefs and former friendships. Let us not lose time in useless laments or sickening mimicry. Let us leave this Europe, which never stops talking of man, yet massacres him at every one of its street corners and every corner of the world. Wow. For centuries, Europe has brought the progress of other men to a halt and enslaved them for its own purposes and glory. For centuries, it has stifled virtually the whole of humanity in the name of a so-called spiritual adventure. Look at it now teetering between atomic destruction and spiritual disintegration. Jeez. So this guy fucking rules. He's a really good writer. Um, And he basically kind of put the third world on the map, in 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 a manner of speaking. Because he was writing in the 50s and 60s, right? And here's the thing. Remember the 50s and 60s? There are two... I remember the 50s and 60s. There are two countries kind of <laughs> kind of doing shit. Yes. Right? So there's us and the Soviet Soviets. Union. Yeah. Right? Oh, no. I am Soviet. Uh, listen, brother. Brother. Uh, <laughs> listen, you better listen to me, brother. The Soviet Union is coming for you. What you gonna do when the Soviet Union runs wild on you? Woo! Is that Ric Flair? It was a combination of Hulk Rick, Hogan and Ric Flair. Ric Flairovich. <laughs> okay, so... Ric Flairovich. The term third world... <laughs> so, have you heard of the non-aligned movement? <laughs> what? Have you ever heard of the non-aligned movement? No. Okay, so basically no, the non oh, yeah, right. The non-aligned the movement fuck is wrong with you. Is basically what was this movement that was kind of started by Fanon, by I can't remember his name, but the guy who like ended up running Algeria after they gained independence and uh I'm going to butcher his name. Jawaharlal Nehru. Who, oh, I know that name. Yeah, who's the guy who took over after Gandhi got fucking shot. Yes. Basically what they decided was like, look, y- like y'all are both crazy. The U.S. is is nuts, and the USSR is nuts, and we want to just do our own thing because you guys are going to destroy all of us, right? And so Fanon was kind of on that level where he was like, "We can't, we can't, we can't like fuck with these people anymore. We have to do our own thing." Yes, and then that's about it. Interesting. Yeah, that was a, yeah, it was a doozy. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> I th- I kind of liked some of the. Some of his ideas, yeah. I guess. It wasn't as funny. 
as I thought it'd be. Well, you know. One thing that is kind of funny, though, is that one of his influences was this like intellectual movement called Negritude. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was basically just kind of like this, this like general like Pan African, uh, like um, intellectual like literary movement that was trying to reclaim, uh, you know, like black identity before European influence. But but it was called but it was called negritude. That's so awkward. <laughs> I know. But that's just what it's called. That's what it's called. It's called negritude. Okay, that's what it's called. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's like it was French, so it was like negritude or whatever. Sure. So it doesn't make it sound less awkward. No, it sounds even more awkward. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I feel like we learned a lot today. Good. Thank God. And by that, I mean I got my room organized. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And, and we found out that we're all racist. I just remembered that my, like halfway through this conversation, like through this episode, I remembered that I had a finally an organized room. And I was yeah. like. It looks immaculate. It looks good. We should take a photo. Yeah. Let's take a photo. Maybe we will. We'll post it on the Patreon. Maybe we won't, though. We'll see. We probably won't. Well, folks, we, we, we always never, we it, never do. Well, sometimes <laughs> I'll listen back and I'll be it'll be like, yeah, we'll put that we'll put that on on Instagram or something. And I'm like, I I, I don't think we did. There are so many times where you uh, go, uh, like, oh, uh, that reminds me of this. Oh, I can't tell you. And then and then you're like, I'll tell you afterwards. And then I always forget to ask, and you always forget to tell me. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder so what it is. There's like twelve. Like, there's several anecdotes. haunting secrets. <laughs> That you'll never know because yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just just shadows. What a country. Yeah. Really. Uh hell yeah. Well, friends, uh, we do appreciate you listening uh to friends this uh, to this babbling uh bullshit that we throw at you every week. Uh remember to go to Kyrgyz.com, K Y R G I E S dot com. Use the promo code nothing in all caps. Uh go to Chapel Oats. Organization. Go to their website, chapeloats.com. Ch- yeah. Go ahead and go to that um, and mention I Learned Nothing. You get 10% off. Can you believe yeah, that? It will change your life. I swear to God. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty tight. Luckily, the things that the people that sponsor us are good. They're tight. Yeah. Because like, I mean, uh, uh, aside maybe someday like, we'll have to shill for something that we think is stupid. Well, like remember when we were shilling for we'll, Stormfront and... Uh, <laughs> oh yeah well we weren't shilling for that that was more like i was tricked oh yeah that's right we were tricked and and also what was the other one knights of columbus yeah the night we were for a while there we were sponsored by the knights of columbus uh excuse me and the website stormfront and i, I don't quite remember exactly how that came to be uh but <laughs> i signed it and you know whatever but i i'd like to categorically say now that we do not support them but no. we support slippers and clean rooms yeah. Clean. Organized rooms. Organized rooms. Yeah. Bitch. A space that's actually yours. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you organize your room? Yeah. Hey, are you listening to this? Organize your stupid room. <laughs> stupid. Hey, you idiot. Do you want an organized room, you jerk? I <laughs> like I like you said the fucking asshole. It's judgment free. <laughs> judgment free. But it's like but we never said who's not judging you. She's not judging you. Yo, we, we are, are. absolutely we, judging you. We are 100% you. Yeah. judging you. For you dirty, you, dirty motherfuckers. You dirty, <laughs> dirty man. Uh, so go ahead and support the people that support us, Ben. Why not? Yeah. And thank great. you guys again for helping us out with that. Uh, yeah, you can find us uh, both on the internet, twitter.com, at Pat Dean. Uh, ben is at GrizzlesBornGRCLAPRN. And uh, on Instagram, he is still GRISTLEPRN. Oh, you did it before I even said it. Hell you're, yeah. Uh, you're a fucking conniving bitch. 
uh, <laughs> on the IG, I'm at Dean Man P. Uh, so D A N P A D. Yeah, there's that. There's also a petition on on change.org. Oh hell yeah! To get me <laughs> on the newest season of Queer Eye, so you can sign that petition. Yeah, which changed well, Pat's life. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, my life is going through changes, dude. I think it's moving up, moving on up. Yeah, why not? So anyway, uh, folks, uh, as always, uh, keep on thinking hard. The truth sucks. He's a bastard. And if you're not Catholic, you're going to hell. And here is the blacker the berry.
hypocrite in 2015. When I finish this, if you listen, then sure you will agree. This plot is bigger than me. It's generational hatred. It's cynicism. It's grimy. Little justification. I'm African-American. I'm African. I'm black as the heart of a fucking Aryan. I'm black as the name of Tyrone and Darius. Excuse my French, but fuck you. No, fuck y'all. That's as blunt as it gets. I know you hate me, don't you? You hate my people. I can tell because it's threats when I see you. I can tell because your waist is evil. No, I can tell because you in love with the desert eagle. Thinking maliciously, he get a chain, then you gon' bleed him. It's funny how Zulu and Dosa might go to war. Two tribal armies that want to build and destroy. Remind me of these Captain Crip gangs that live next door. Beefing with Pyrus, only death settled the score. So no matter how much I say I like to preach with the Panthers, or tell Georgia State Marcus Garvey got all the answers, or try to celebrate February like it's my B-Day, or eat watermelon chicken and Kool-Aid on weekdays, or jump high enough to get Michael Jordan endorsements, or watch BET because urban support is important. So why did I weep when Trayvon Martin was in the street? When gang banging make me kill a nigga blacker than me. Hypocrite.